What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend, a debrief, and an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Joining me in the host spotlight, it's been a minute, brother. Technically, it's been a year, Mark Francis. Mark, how you doing, buddy? Wow, has it really been a year? Well, 2023, you know okay. what I'm saying? Okay, just got to check been, the numbers and check the It's been a significant amount there. of time since you and I have been here together. We, that so. is very true. Missed you, pal. You know, it's, it's how been a busy you? season. How's the family? Family's good. Good. Life is good. Good. I know Pierce is in town at least another week. He is. Good. Going to be going back to school in a couple days. That's exciting. He does regularly listen to these. So if you give him a shout, shout out, out to Pierce, he will yeah, listen and sweet. respond and reply. On the road back up to New York, maybe so, he'll yeah. listen. He, yeah. And he has found a, a church that he and other friends go to up in New York. It's awesome. In the, the heathen worlds up there, you know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> The North. Yeah, but no, he's, he's, he's still regularly listening to FPC stuff and it's cool. It's awesome. So, Very cool. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Uh, you see him already. He's back with us. Uh, been a little bit since you've been in the podcast booth. Uh, you've had a lot going on. Pastor Mark Carey. Mark, how are you? Good. Good. Yeah. Thanks for being here, dude. Uh, it's been a while. You want to update us? With yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll do where that. Where in the world you've been. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you don't want to know all the details. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I've. Uh, uh, no. Yeah, I appreciate prayers for everybody. I mentioned that Sunday. Um, I really you hear that a lot from people who are on the receiving end of, um, of the prayer support. And it, you know, it really is important. It really is valuable. And it's also valuable to reciprocate. And I think let people know mm-hmm. how were those prayers answered? What's so it just doesn't end up in a black hole. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I've tried to keep, keep people informed a little bit about that. I, I, I was, um, I was diagnosed in July. Uh, I had an MRI um, because my my PSA, it's a blood prostate specific antigen test that uh, indicate um, maybe something is wrong. And my PSA was, they said, more high normal. Kind of, it was in a range that was maybe just outside normal, but it wasn't, didn't didn't seem too alarmed, but because of my past, issues and I've got this thing called Lynch syndrome, which I found out five years ago. I've got a, a gene that malfunctions. And so I pressed for a, a MRI, which was done in July, which revealed two rather large lesions on the prostate, <clears throat> which then led, and things take forever anymore, it seems like, to get tests done. Two months later, September, I did a, prost- uh, a, a biopsy and and bingo, there it confirmed that there's cancer. Well, then you still have to wait a couple of months after a, a biopsy to let things, the inflammation die down, heal before you can either either consider surgery or maybe radiation treatment. Those are options. Um, given the fact that I have this Lynch syndrome, I, I met with uh, a radiation oncology specialist at UVA and at Johns Hopkins. And the guy, Johns Hopkins, and um, UVA concurred that because of this Lynch syndrome that I have, radiating your tissues can incite more cancer. And if my hmm. genetic makeup is such that I've got a malfunctioning gene that won't help suppress that, that surgery seemed to probably be the best option. But this is still somewhat new science with Lynch syndrome and all these genetic maps and all the stuff that they're finding. But they did recommend surgery is probably the better 
Um, so at that point, I was at both UVA and Johns Hopkins, and my my pitch to them was, whoever wants me first gets me. Quickest is best. Right? Quickest is best. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, and so Johns Hopkins got me in uh, a couple, well, three weeks before UVA would. They had a cancellation, so I got the head surgery at the end of uh, November. It was supposed to be closer to Christmas, but got me in sooner. It's a good thing because they grade cancers as well. Mm. You know, they called a Gleason score. So if you ever had cancer and you get a Gleason score, a Gleason five, six, seven is considered more of a. It's a moderate cancer, but it's still you keep an eye on it, and you still have treatments. Um, Anything above that, eight, nine, and ten is more serious. It's aggressive. Well, mine was a Gleason nine. Mm. It's a fast-growing, aggressive cancer. And so, man, I praise God I had surgery three weeks earlier because it was already encroaching into the the outer wall. Every week mattered. Every week mattered. I I told that to the surgeon. I said, you know, I've I've got a Gleason, high Gleason score. This baby's moving. Uh, And, of course, you got to fit in. And and God allowed it so that uh, I was able to get in at Johns Hopkins, the top guy there that does robotics this kind of procedure that I needed. I'd had previous surgeries 20 years ago. So there's scar tissue in that whole abdominal area and they had to be, so I got the expert who knew all about that stuff and and could do a particular type of surgery um, that was most effective for all of that three weeks earlier than UVA. And um, the pathology report said, um, though it was a Gleason 9 and it's aggressive cancer, uh, it showed no pathology showed no uh, extension of the cancer that they could see that the pathology report showed and um, and that concurred with the the PET scan I had done in October which is uh, prostate specific now that's fairly new in the last three years there's a PSMA PET scan that is specifically for prostate cancers and that'll detect things sometimes years earlier Mm. than conventionally what had been done. Mm. So all in all, um, you know, it was a good report. Um, I, I'm, I feel fairly normal. Um, you know, well, the congregation is appreciative. I mean, they, they received you well past Sunday (laughs) coming back into the pulpit, but you know, people say they're going to pray for you and they, they mean it. They want to. Yeah but maybe not knowing how to pray or yeah. what to pray for. Obviously, people are going to pray for your health and that it's successful. And it sounds like all of those things were answered, but now what are the prayers? I mean, yeah. what, what are what some specific things yeah. should well, we be Well, now it's... Now? And, and everybody who's gone through, I have gone through, every man that has gone through what I just went through, and there's many, many of them out there in our congregation even, um, every six months you get your blood work, you get your PSA tested again. And I, I'll start that now tomorrow. And then six months later, do another one. And the rest of my life, I'll, I'll keep track of that. Um, again, my complications are with Lynch syndrome. Now, I, I had cancer 20 years ago uh, at age 48. Didn't have any problems up until now at age 68. So like I said one time, you know, I might be good for another 20 years. <laughs> you, you know, you, you, you do your screenings. You, you keep... you. You check things if you have a question mark, if you check in your spirit about something, you know, don't worry about being uh, um, 
feeling like you're uh, you're uh, what's the the term the fear of a disease you know or that you're being a hypochondriac. Yeah. Go go talk with your doctor. Get things checked out, and uh, we're not too proud to be like, oh, I can deal with this on my own. Yeah, no, no, no. It. It's just, it's it just, you know, out. I've I've yeah. learned twenty years ago that you you need to advocate for yourself. Uh, that's what that's what I did. I mean, it was like, no, I was the one who said I need an MRI, hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, you know, my doc said, oh, okay, yeah, I'll concur with that. I'll I'll order that. Hmm. But if I hadn't pressed that, hmm. I it would the. the I wouldn't have started the process probably for, I would have been three months behind. Hmm. So I would still, as of today, be looking at potential uh, surgery down the road. Well, that would have been just weeks and weeks and weeks farther down. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you're dealing with a Gleason 9 aggressive cancer. But, you know, it's all in God's hands. Mm -hmm. He moves at the pace of perfection. And we're not going to be here a minute longer than he wants us to on earth. But I don't think we're going to go home uh, a minute sooner than... Uh, he wants us to. We're, we're, we're going to stick around because his, our days are numbered. And uh, that doesn't remove our own responsibility of advocating for our health and, and doing those things. So, yeah, I feel, uh, I feel good. I, I purposely lost 20 pounds prior to surgery. Uh, there's a great book out there on prostate cancer by Dr. Patrick Walsh. The fifth edition just got published in October, so it's very current. And one of the things in there is, what do you do while you're waiting for prostate surgery? Hmm. You lose weight. Hmm. You know, even if you think, you think you don't need to, just go ahead and drop some weight. Uh, so I dropped 20 pounds. Hmm. And then another 5, 10 uh, at, hmm. with surgery and, and all that stuff and afterwards. So I, I feel you know pretty good. And the recovery process is, continues. And there are healing issues that are going to have to continue for hmm. weeks ahead. But um, New year, new me. Huh? New year, new me. New you year, know what new I mean? me. Twenty twenty four. But it's a, it's relevant. Half, half of me. Here, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and it's I, I I hope you like. I was thinking in your shoes. Like it's kind of nice that he only has to preach once instead of three times. Right. This, this first weekend back with the weather and well, with everybody yeah, and together I, in a room. Like I, I think that was nice. And I was, you know, Tim was originally planning to go ahead and do all of January. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I was feeling so good, and I mm -hmm. kind of felt bad. And Tim, I tell you what, Tim Sanford has carried a load. Mm -hmm. uh, really appreciative of, of that guy. And I said, you know, I, why don't I handle the, that first Sunday in January? And people would might want to hear and different things. And then it worked out that it was just one service, yeah. which is kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll get going back in, more regularly in February when we start Daniel, the book of Daniel. Okay. So, uh, well, you, yeah. you've modeled this well. And for people who have seen it or not seen, it, or at least hearing your story of how there's still a trust in God, dependency in Him, and and how prayers can impact your portion of what you do, but also it impacts the congregation. Yeah. And there's the there's the appreciation of just knowing, okay, it's all in God's hands. Yeah, you know, we can you're trusting in Him. We can see that being modeled in trust, and knowing that like yeah, our days are numbered, like you just said. And that's a great segue to how we're watching and waiting for this coming year, mm -hmm. knowing that there's no guarantees and there's, right. there's no Be time. Be ready. God could, Christ could return. 
Yeah. <laughs> this could be the year. Yeah. Right? So sure. let's jump into that weekend content then. You know, are you ready if Jesus comes in 2024? What, what does it look like to start off the year with a, a sense of spiritual urgency, but maybe a little bit more calculated, a little bit more biblical? Uh, Mark Francis, I'll come your way first. What was it like to to unpack that, have Mark do it, and and even be upstairs as they were yeah. sharing testimonies? I mean, just background, I wasn't even planning on being a part of the service mm -hmm. this past week. So it was a God's sovereignty of at least mm -hmm. me being a part of it, mm -hmm. the team coming together of the band and the singers of who was available, the tech team. So thank you for everybody mm -hmm. who really negotiated their schedules mm -hmm. to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Having the one service, like you said, Mark, kind of was a neat experience for you just doing one sermon, but also for the church as a whole, mm -hmm. being able to come together where typically we would have three venues, four services, People are a little more scattered on the weekend. You might not see people. So there is a, a real family component to this service mm -hmm. and how Marlon gave the, the portion of communion. Mm -hmm. I really appreciated that where he was drawing us together like around the mm -hmm. table and we're a family and, it was and having one service. It was a yeah. celebratory time. Good spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then when you get to the sermon um, where we're unpacking, okay, what's in it for this new year? Um, we should be ready, you know, on our mm -hmm. toes. What I really appreciated was the beginning part of the sermon, where it's just scripture after scripture mm. after scripture. And I was like, is this going to end? No, it kept going. And, <laughs> and, the, and you're like, and then Peter said this, and then John said this, and Paul mm -hmm. said this. And it was just time after time, you can see the heart of those apostles mm -hmm. as they're writing to say, he's going to come back. And they really thought that. And, and what I also in my own mind was appreciating was like, they had experienced Christ. In person they're, they they know what it meant to have him and they're like i'm get rid of this world i don't really care come back he's going to come back quickly and yeah. they were expecting that yeah peter and john heard those angels say yeah. that on the mount of olives yeah this jesus is going to come back in the same way and it was maybe decades later as they write this but that was still very present so just mind. the passages of the apostles and what they were writing and what god inspired them to write and just the expectancy that they had how much more should we then be expecting mm -hmm. it when we see prophecies coming to fruition around us even today mm -hmm. of just the end is near. Well, I think it's timely, not just not just because of the new year, but also I think culture and society as a whole is starting to watch things in the world and speculate about what's going on and when, and people are asking all these existential questions. It seems very existential out there more than it has been in the past, and so it's cool to be reminded of a biblical awareness of all of this and, and what God has... What has God promised that hasn't happened yet, mm -hmm. but it's going to? Mm -hmm. And how can we be prepared in such a sense that we're like, okay, you know, what's it going to look like and when when all this happens or this, that, and the other? And so I think it, it fit for many ways. One is the whole New Year's resolution start of the year thing, but I think also it was timely outside of that. Solomon well. said that what a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Mm -hmm. uh, what we think, what we think about, you know, def defines us. Um, impacts how we live our life, how we, I mean, I enjoy college football. So I stayed up till midnight last night, uh, <laughs> watching, watching the, Wisconsin. that's right. You know, and, and or enjoying Washington. it and reading it and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, what a man thinketh in his heart, what, what you think to be true, it, it does impact your behavior, impact your life. And I, if, if the first century believers are like the 21st century believers, like me, we can get easily caught up in the things of life, the daily good stuff, maybe taking the kids here and ha or having kids or, you know, mm. 
uh, or the bad things, you know, you know, what did the, what did the Roman, what did Nero do today? What did you read the Roman times? You know, <laughs> it's crazy what's going on in the world, yeah. you know? And, and the, so when we looked at first Thessalonians five and then Romans 13, mm. I wanted to give a like an overview of all those passages, yeah. but then to post hole, dig a little deeper on, on a couple of those passages, because, um, there really is a sense that if this is not in the forefront of our mind and other things are in the forefront of our mind, those things will then whatever it is in the forefront of our mind is going to affect our behavior. What a man thinketh, so is he. So, um, I think, I think, um, Paul is simply trying to remind them, um, like in Thessalonians, you know, you know, these things, um, you really don't have any need for anybody to write this, but obviously, Paul could have ended it then. Well, then why why waste Holy Scripture? If they don't, well, because it's a nice way of saying, but just in case you don't, I'm going to remind you mm-hmm. that the day of the Lord, you know, and it, it goes it moves into this whole thing. It's going to be like a thief in the night. And um, we need to stay sober and alert. We need to wake up. We need to uh, clean up. And we need to dress up. Uh, put on the armor of light. Or as Romans 13, 11 says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. We need that reminder. And, you know, makes sense at the beginning of the year, 20 new year, 2024. Mm. Uh, so what was stirring with you? It was, when did this kind of passage come to mind or when did this thought come to mind as, well, as you're in your health and yeah, no, well, things? We're uh, start, you know, we're starting to study the book of Daniel mm-hmm. next month. So I've been reading a lot about... Uh, Daniel and prophetic scriptures mm. and different things like that. And it is prevalent. Mm. It, it, it is just so prevalent. And um, I can remember uh, one of our old uh, former pastors here, Donden Hartog, um, saying often that um, we should not neglect the, the prophetic scriptures because they're there for us. And one reason why they're there for us is to affect our behavior, to prepare us for the Lord's return, because we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. There are ramifications, there are implications. We need to wake up. We need to be stirred and be sober-minded to the reality that, not to the potential of a nuclear holocaust, as bad as that is, not to the potential of an economic collapse and meltdown, not to the potential of an electromagnetic pulse, that will apparently, according to the congressional record, 90% of American people will die after the first year if we have an EMP. Mm-hmm. But to the reality that Almighty God is returning mm-hmm. and we will stand before him as his people to give an account. So be ready for that. Be sober-minded. Be diligent um, as one who will stand before and so we will not shrink back in shame at his coming, First mm-hmm. John. And and um, Second Peter, uh, Timothy as well. Because how different would we live if we knew <clears throat> yeah. when he was coming, or how different would we live if we knew when our last day on this planet was? Yeah, you know. It, yeah, and well, and that was that my it, illustration with my kindergarten teacher. Yeah, I mean, you know, she's coming down. She's the hall. coming because she said she was. <laughs> it gave us some time to play, but you know, we didn't want to be caught playing. Uh, we want to make <laughs> for little five-year-old boys. You know, we had that thing thought through. Hmm. Well, God says he's coming again. And he's going to judge the quick and the dead. And uh, he's going to bring the reward with him. And 
we are saved for the purpose of uh, living out our calling and bringing glory to Him. We're not put on this earth to um, better ourselves. We're put on this earth to better the cause of Christ. And that's what His people are going to be held accountable for. And uh, so th there is a sense of, you know, Paul uses these terms in, in multiple passages, but here in Thessalonians and Romans, about being sober-minded, about being alert, about, about you know, uh, uh, taking spiritual inventory. We are children mm -hmm. of the day. We're not of the night. Mm -hmm. the, the night is almost over, he says. The day is almost here. Mm -hmm. So what manner of men? Tim will get into this mm -hmm. for a couple of weeks in Second Peter, when Peter basically says, what manner of men ought we to be, knowing this? So... Um, yeah, so those are the things that stimulated it. Interesting. Studying yeah. Daniel, yeah. coming through what I just came through, knowing that, um, you know, tomorrow's not guaranteed for any of us. Uh, we've had plenty of uh, of our dear saints go home to glory this right. past year. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, you know, we, we could walk out of this studio and get struck by a truck today. Mm -hmm. And um, so we, we need to always live with eternity in mind. It was the old Randy Elkhorn. I've preached it many times, the dot or the line. Yeah. We either live here in the dot, and that's all of our activities for today and all our life, or that line, realizing that there's something yet to come, and we live for the line out And there's there. two facets to that. There's our own personal component of getting our own house in order, and how are we personally growing and preparing ourselves for that day to come, but then how? what are we doing to share and tell the world Christ is also coming back, and preparing those around us and the loved ones of like, are you ready? Yeah. You know, and so yeah, it's kind of the the internal and then the external. If you want yeah. to look at it that way, and, and and it does start with me personally, but my burden is also with family. Mm -hmm. You know, I, are my kids? Am I? Did I prepare my kids? Are they preparing their children? Are are, are we preparing our kids for a great college education and the best job out there? Or are we preparing them for eternity? Mm -hmm. And quite frankly. I'm deeply concerned, even in our own church, that we think way too much about preparing our kids for college education or a great job out there when we need to be preparing them. You know, who cares? Quite frankly, anymore, who cares what college they go to? It, it, all the statistics are showing, you know, uh, I just read something recently that top 500 companies are not necessarily interested in hiring college graduates anymore. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So, I mean, right. well, it's just another example. The grass weathers, the flowers fall, the word of our Lord stands forever. The educational landscape changes, and then everybody has to shuffle and see what, what's the new value, what's yeah. the new yeah. cool idea for me. And that's the beautiful thing about spiritual <laughs> urgency. It will always be relevant until he comes back. Yeah. And, and we, can, yes. we can put that into the lives of our parents, put it into the lives of our kids. And that's something our kids need to hear. Whatever the year, whether it's an election year or not, whatever's going on, whatever the latest Hufflepuff is in the news, like it doesn't matter because this is the thing that doesn't change. That's right. And that's why Paul, in the Romans passage, started out in the context. It was what was the most important thing? Love. Love. Mm -hmm. You know, are we loving our neighbor? Are we loving each other? Our, one of those passages, it was, um, you know, guarding not just against uh, debauchery and drunkenness and, and sexual immorality, but against personal relationships mm -hmm. within the body. Mm -hmm. You know, are we, are, we, are we really taking the law of love, the whole commandments are some, some summarized in that one word, Paul said, love. Mm. 
loving God, loving our neighbor as ourselves. Those are the things that matter. And um, yeah, it's it's having an eternal perspective, which only comes about by the word of God. But again, over and over again is the reminder, one of the things that help us gain that eternal perspective is to be reminded there is an eternal perspective. <laughs> yeah, right. And there is something, it, it was it was like uh, the uh, an old uh, Jewish um, um, s- s- rabbi, someone asked him um, why he lives so meagerly and, and um, I see if I can remember how the story goes, but it was like, um, um, they said, well, you know, you, 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 you want to go out and get a good education. And the rabbi said, well, and then what? Well, so that you could go out there and get a good job. And then what? Well, so that you can have things. You don't have to live here like in squalor. And then what? Well, that, so you can, you know, attract a good woman and get married and, you know, and, and then what the rabbi said. Well, then you can, you know, you can have a good retirement and then you can live in ease. And then what? And he guy stopped because the then what is then you die. Then what? You know, it's gaining that eternal perspective. We need to always live in light of eternity. And it shouldn't take a bout of cancer mm. and a brush with death for us to wake, wake up. up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, now basically mm-hmm. that's what Paul is saying. Wake up, clean up. If there's some issues in our life, let's get it right with the Lord and dress up. Now, in order to wake up, in order to clean up, you've got to wake up. But in order to clean up, you got to dress up. And Paul talked about that, where he said, put on the Lord Jesus Christ mm. and make no provision for the flesh. So mm. now that was another whole sermon. It's another whole theology. You know, it's one thing I had a discussion at lunch uh, with family members about, well, you know, okay, you can call people to... Uh, wake up and clean up and dress up. But if they don't know how to do that, you know, well, okay, you got to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that look like? And I tried to Mm -hmm. say, you get up in the morning and when you put your foot down on the floor, you say, Lord Jesus, I can't live this life. Would you live it through me? It's putting on Jesus. It's it's a a, a conscious awareness that I am not my own. I've been bought with a price and I'm here to glorify you. Now do that through me. And walking by the Spirit. Walking by the Spirit. That's right. And that's where it starts is our own personal walk and our own personal growth to then progressing to your family. That's right. right. And then progressing to your neighbors and those around you and spreading that. So it just kind of snowballs outward. And that's fruit. From what Christ is doing within you. And it's like at that point, it's not like we have to try hard to do that. Fruit shows up. It just starts Mm -hmm. oozing from us as we put him on. And, and it's, all these things then start falling into, into mm-hmm. place. And and you were saying, life is easy then. I mean, it, it the, it's, it's kind of worry-free living at that point. It's stress-free living if mm-hmm. we keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. I think the book, starting the book of Daniel is going to help us do that too because... Uh, That'll help us wake up a little bit more. Well, you know, if you know you're going to be thrown into a fiery furnace <laughs> or into a den where a lion's about ready to chomp on you, you know what is what does that look like? How, how do we live in light of that? What what? Well, Daniel had a pretty strong perspective of eternity because he, in chapter seven, saw the Ancient of Days mm. on the throne, and one like a Son of Man. And we need those fresh um, visions mm. of of that, and hopefully enticed him the congregation a little bit this last Sunday as Tim goes into Second Peter in the next mm-hmm. three weeks and then we get into Daniel. More of that will happen. Mm-hmm. Good.
Yeah. And I think it it helps the unsaved world look at us too and be like, why are you at peace? Yeah. Why, why are you at peace and at rest given what is going on? Well, let me share with you about something that's already happened a little over 2,000 years. You know, you start yeah. to share the story of Christ because as wild and crazy as everything's getting, uh, maybe to the unsaved world, the gospel will start to get a little bit less ludicrous mm-hmm. because I, I, I've said it before, how God was going to choose to reveal himself was always going to be crazy. So it's going to be nuts. If you think the first time he came was nuts, wait till the second one. But (laughs) God is revealing himself to us. And when we are reminded of that, and when we participate in the church body, like we did all together in one room this past weekend, as an example, it does get a little bit easier, right? It does get a little bit easier when I'm reminded, huh, it certainly looks like scripture is sufficient for that person. Mm -hmm. And as I wrestle with if it is or isn't for me, now I'm in an environment where the Holy Spirit's actually, it's right. like a pinball machine. Right. And it's, it's very, it's infectious in the yeah. best of ways. And is that not what um, what uh, Paul said, um, the last verse there, verse 11 of the First Thessalonians 5 passage, the very last verse of verse 11 of that par- paragraph, therefore encourage one another mm. and build one another up, mm-hmm. just as you're doing. Um, the writer of the book of Hebrews you know, very similar context, you know, knowing these things, uh, um, knowing um, that that we're living very kind of fearful times. Um, well, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together and encourage one another even more as you see the day approaching. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think this coming year, and, and this is true of every year, but but Jesus is closer to coming today than he was at the beginning of 2023. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're nearer his coming today, and we're nearer the times of uh, that day of the Lord, mm-hmm. the times of great tribulation that are coming, and when um, um, the, the, the growing darkness um, that this world is shrouded in, perilous times are coming uh, and are here. I think even as we know that we're going to need more and more each other. We're going to need vital growing small groups, Mm -hmm, ministries mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where we are connected with one another Mm -hmm. and are getting that daily encouragement. Uh, We're going to need that. Um, We're going to need a body of believers where the word is presented and we're challenged every week with the truth of God's word. We need it in our homes. Uh, Husbands need it with their wives. Wives need it with their husbands. Roommates with in, in single settings need that mutual encouragement um, because it, it, it's rough times. Rough times are coming. Yeah. And you mentioned it earlier in another setting. Hey, this is an election year. This is going to be wild and crazy. It's going to be a wild and crazy election year. It could be. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I expect it. That's right. Yeah. So uh, whoever is nominated, whoever wins, that's exactly right. There is going to be chaos. There's going to be chaos. Just, yeah. There's another throne happen. we're interested in. Mark, yeah. thank that's you for being sermon, here, dude. Right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah. What do you uh, do? We need to point people towards anything. Yeah, you know, just the new year. There's plenty of ministry opportunities, but just as we've been talking, this you know, it, it takes us to to grow to get a little smaller. I mean, mm-hmm. You can't just do this in one sermon. We can't just do this, do this in one sermon spotlight conversation. It's got to be. Uh, collaborative discipleship constantly happening. And mm-hmm. so that is the goal of our church. That's the that's the mission statement. And so that prepare and deploy concept is with community groups. If you're not a part of one, get connected. We're going to keep talking about that over the next couple of weeks. Biblical Training Center um, took a little 
one week bump, you know, from instead of starting this past weekend, it starts this coming weekend, mm -hmm. which by the way, there's actually now a new Saturday um, class that's mm -hmm. taking awesome. place. So go to the website for those details. Um, and, and again, if you're not a part of a community group, uh, go to that community group wall in the, in the foyer or just contact the church office and say, hey, I want to get connected. And um, mm -hmm. that's a way to grow and to get better rooted with people around here to be more prepared. That's awesome. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. Absolutely. Awesome. As a reminder to our viewers and listeners, you can find us each and every week on your favorite podcast platform. Just type in Sermon Spotlight. We pop right up. Fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Till next week, much love. God bless.